Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. Thank you for tuning in to another PNC podcast. You can find us online at www.blacknationclub.com. You can visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com Black Nation Club. You can also send us a tweet at Black Nation Club. Tonight's episode is integration. What are the pros and cons? Has it helped us or has it hurt us? Tonight, um, I like to talk about of course, all of the pros and cons of integration. And um, I'll start with uh, really the cons because I really don't want to focus too much <laughs> on the pros because I personally don't think that there were any pros um, to it. I actually feel like it has hurt us. I really don't feel like it. Um, I feel like we have more accomplished when we were separate and um, I feel like integration was a ploy um, or should I say a tactic excuse me that was used um, to keep us really um, in servitude to them and when I say them I do mean the race that is responsible for our current oppression, which happens to be mainly in this country, um, Caucasians, and then we also have other races um, that include themselves in it. They all seem to um, enjoy the benefits from our slavery which is actually pretty unfortunate because we think that we have friends (laughs) and we don't. Um, We're actually in this by ourselves. So we actually really need to focus on ourselves and um, on unity and combining our forces so that we can actually be a powerful force because um, the others, they're actually unified against us, you know. They have a combined effort to um, to keep us in slavery and pretty much in perpetual slavery. Okay. Um, usually what I notice um, for people to say, like, the pros, for integration would be um, like to think that we have like better um, opportunities or better, or I guess I'll say advantages um, being integrated. But I feel like that only downs our abilities, you know, because we can actually do it on our own. We can do it ourselves. So we're actually the ones who's um, 
who are the innovators, who are the ones who um, create everything, and we are the teachers. So we actually really don't even need anyone else um, at all. (laughs) Because if we're the teachers, why would we need someone else? And then that actually just kind of makes us, you know, look like we don't have the ability. So um, just in case, while I'm actually getting started, just in case um, you're online listening and you would like to call in or you would like to add something to this discussion, you can call into 657-383-1976. That's 657-383-1976. And press the 1 if you would like to be heard um, so that I will know. I definitely want to get your views in um, so we can know, like, you know, what is the what are the thoughts of our people? You know, what's what's the gauge of, of our culture? What are we thinking right now? Um, another thing that I like to discuss that we I'm sure are all aware of, you know, is Black Wall Street. <clears throat> and we were thriving, you know, um in that. And if you don't know about Black Wall Street, you know, just a, a quick thing. It was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it was pretty much um, a thriving black community that was pretty much all black. And we had black business owners, which became black millionaires, and it was all because we were spending dollars um, with with each other, you know, and, and recycling it. And that's actually what we need to do right now. But... Um, that was like kind of short lived because jealousy, you know, reared its ugly head. And then we had our Caucasian neighbors come along and try to um, destroy that from us. That's actually a good word. <laughs> they actually tried to destroy that. And that's one of the things that we didn't pay attention to, you know, that. Um, that someone would actually want to come and destroy something that we have. Or, well, that's my thought. Because, you know, we feel like, well, they're always excluding us from things. And feel like, you know, since they wanted to exclude us, that ours probably wasn't good enough. And so... Um, we need... Um, when we added ourselves, I guess, with them, it actually confirmed, I guess, what, you know, that thought that we weren't good enough or we couldn't do it ourselves when all we had to do is just think back to that. One of the reasons um, why I feel like we don't, well, that we talk about um separation and being to ourselves or either that we're for integration staying here is because we don't have unity and we are like the crabs in a barrel. We feel like if someone is um, doing more than us or if someone is maybe a little bit more successful, what we deem to be successful, 
And, you know, we try to pull them down or, or we'll even ourselves, you know, become jealous of each other. And, you know, that really hurts us because the other races, they stick together and they help each other and they assist each other. And we and that's how they grow. And we don't understand that we need to stick together and help each other grow because when we help each other, we're actually helping ourselves. You know, and I think integration destroyed that for us because we didn't really, um, you know, use the, the structure that was set up by many of our, our predecessors within our own community. You know, so many people have plans of how we could stick together and they um, actually offered goals for what we could do um, To, to prosper, you know, and it was through unity and it was through different, like, programs and stuff like that. But we all know that together we stand, divided we fall. So we need to actually make sure, we, you know, we help each other. There's no way that we can fight this system if we stand as an individual, you know. Um, how can one person or how can individuals even – if you're being individual collectively, you know, you're still being individuals. We need to have a united front, you know. We need to have um, a plan. You know, you have to have a plan. And you may try to deny that we're in war, but we're definitely in war. And they have a war plan against us, and it's actually being implemented as we speak. And for some reason, you know, we don't want to fight. We don't want to, like, stand up for ourselves, which is actually pretty weird because um, instinct, you know, gives us natural selection. Okay. I have no idea if this person is trying to talk. Or not, but I'm going to add you. And if you are trying to talk, you can say something when I bring you in. Okay. <laughs> I see you. All right, no problem. Well, continuing. Um, but it actually really bothers me so much that we don't. No, that we allow jealousy to override our success, you know. And but I do understand it somewhat because um, a lot of times people in our community, when we rise, you know, when we get somewhere, we usually tend to forget the ones who were around us, or you know, who were on the same level as us before we leveled up, and then it kind of puts other people, um, it actually puts a bad, well, I don't want to say a bad taste, but it it kind of makes them, like, a little hesitant or whatever to support others. You know, and then usually, too, the people who we do support, um, they don't really, like, help or they'll do, like, they'll do, like, a pretend help or whatever, you know, but it's not really help. And it's like we're still just, Left sitting back, waiting 
But, um, you know, we need to actually start putting in the effort ourselves to, if we don't have a plan, you know, to start um, researching and seeking out other people who do have plans and then see if it's a plan that, you know, that we can follow or that we can agree with so that we can start um, collectively working together so that we can go ahead and get this moving because we really don't have that much time left. Um, as you see, the racial tensions are um, rubbing up, you know. It's getting hotter, <laughs> especially with the whole Confederate flag um, issue. And, you know, it's, I believe that this racial tension is being orchestrated by the powers that be. So it seems like everything is right on schedule. Um, so we we definitely don't have any any time, you know, to to be bickering or to to be jealous or to um, not try to like help each other succeed, you know. Okay, we're gonna try again, caller. Since <laughs> you called up. Okay, caller, you are on the air. When you're ready, please take me where you're calling from. Hello. Yes. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Call it. Yes, I can hear you. Oh, you can? Okay, cool. I, I didn't yes. know. <laughs> no problem. Hey, I, I tried calling. Okay. Uh, the topic for tonight was integration. My name is Mike. Yes. Okay, there you go. Where are you calling from, Mike? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Okay, cool. Yes. We had started to chat a little on Facebook, and you, you're talking about integration. I said it's a good oh, and bad. Yeah. Right. Uh, it was it. Unfortunately, during the civil rights, when Dr. King was really fighting for our rights to become more integrated, you know, forget breaking up the segregation laws and whatnot, then he was killed. So we got to the point to where we're going into it, but what do we do or what should we do when we get there? How should we do it? One thing you'll notice about a lot of different communities, Jewish communities, they uh, they have their communities, their home base. We don't. Blacks in America, we are sort of scattered, moved around. We don't have a, uh, like a, how can I say this? Like a black Wall Street that we can depend on or go to. You understand what I mean? Yeah, like a home base. Right. You know. Um, but it back real quick on the uh, Black Wall Street. I just I'm 36. You know, and I'd like to think that I've read a lot about Black history here in America, some of the strides and things that we've done. But like only about a year ago did I ever hear about it. This is the type of stuff that. We to learn younger, like if it was done before, we can do it again. You think what I'm saying? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, all we have to do is look at what was done before, look at um, what worked, what didn't work, and then uh-huh. you know try to use new measures, you know, so that what didn't work, you know, at least we can try something different. And even if well, what we try the next time doesn't work, at least we'll be progressing. At least we'll be moving forward. Well, see, here's the thing. It worked. That was what? They bombed Tulsa in 1921 or 23, right? 
Do you remember? Uh, I believe, yeah, I believe it was around, yes, somewhere around like 19. Okay. What happened from then to now to us? At least then, when we weren't in, when we were integrated, we had to depend on each other, and we created a city literally that thrived. There were like 600 businesses, 30 grocery stores. We had our own educational system, our own hospital, our own bank, movie theaters. We were, if it were here today, would have been our central hub. You understand what I mean? What happened from then to now? Why did we stop? You look at uh, Marcus Garvey. That man was able somehow to buy, purchase ships to start companies to transport goods and people. What happened from then to now? You feel what I mean? You, you know, understand what I'm saying? You know what I think happened? Yes, definitely. I think that people um, got discouraged, um, and I think integration, you know, happened. Um, I think people got scared and discouraged, and I believe that um, integration was um, introduced. And, you know, I don't think it was immediately, you know, um, accepted, um, mm-hmm. But like they say, you know, if you keep repeating something, you know, people um, will eventually, you know, believe it or give into it. Yeah. So, you know, I think what? it was put on us. When you say put on us, what do you mean put on us? Like this is that's what I, I'm talking like, about. As in, I feel kernel. like I feel like it's something that is left alone to our own devices. You know, it's not something that we would choose naturally. Um, I think it was introduced to us. Okay. I think I understand. See, and that's what I was getting at earlier, talking about Dr. Martin Luther King. As we were progressing towards it and into it, he was killed. He was he I think he would have had a plan on how we should go about it. You know what I mean? Like we're becoming integrated. Are you for integration or are you against it? I get it to me. You know what? You might as well say it like that now. We have to make it work. We have to make oh, it work now. So? What's that? I said, oh, you think so? You think that um, since we're in it now that we should continue? We got to make it work. It's like we, because I think it would hurt to pull out, especially oh, really? if you just How rip so? it out. It's sort of like we're so enmeshed. You have... Hold on, let me think a minute. <laughs> like schools, you know, you have the cultural differences there uh, between black students and white students. And it seems like, can I ask how old you are? I probably shouldn't ask that. I'll put it this way. Oh, no, you it's definitely like can. A, I'm 34. I don't mind. Okay. Okay, so we're in the same age bracket. It's something so common nowadays. You understand what I mean? For us? You mean integration like, is so common for us? It's still it's very common. Like you have, we grew up with with having white classmates. You understand what I mean? But our parents didn't. It's so common. And now the generation of children that we have, that it's like more ingrained. Can we do it? Sure. It would it hurt? Yes. It would cause a shock across America, probably. Crazy, right? But only because people would say, "Well, you fought so hard for it, and now you're just going to pull away." How does that 
deal with a, a person's psyche. It, it's well, you know what? I believe that soon we're not going to have a choice because you, usually with black people, you know, we're inclusive, and and which is actually, um, if you just look at things, if you take out. Well, if you just look at things on a natural level, it's a good thing, you know, to be inclusive. But in the situation that we're in, um, it's not really good for us because it's always been detrimental to us. So it's like um, we don't mind, you know, being with other people, associating with other people, socializing with them. But, see, the problem has never been us, really. It's always been the others. It's they don't want to socialize with us. And then if they do socialize with us, then we have to be at a level that is beneath them. Right. But since we don't have a home base, no economic structure, if you will, or balance, it's sort of like, eh, yeah, I see, you're there, but you really don't have anything, but, you know, we're good. In a sense, it's like we know what we have to almost to survive or to get places until we get established. Okay, so it's like... I feel like this. If we're in their system and we have to do all this struggling and striving and working really hard to climb up the ranks when we're already starting at the bottom, like why don't we just start at the top and build our own? You know, if we build our own, we're already automatically at the top. Like why why do we feel like it's necessary for us to work so hard for things that we've already worked so hard for? If we're already see, gonna continue to work hard, why not just work for ourselves? And see things like Tulsa, Oklahoma, pre integration, we had to. And that's how we got those millionaires that you were talking about earlier. We recycled money in our community, we had a home base. But now it's like the mindset's let's just get it while we can. I, I don't know. It's it's hard. I'm and, you know, and that's really the mindset that we're in. We're kind of just like, well, you know, we're just kind of living for today. And it's like, well, you know, this, this is the way that things are, you know, right now. But it's like I personally, I'm tired of, like, the status quo. I'm tired of things just being the way that it is, you know. Like, I'm a rebel. Like, you know, I'm stubborn. You know, it's like, you know, I fuck. <laughs> You know, so it's like this is like irritating the shit out of me. You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oppression, like uh-huh. you know, bothers me. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I, it's like I cannot do oppression. Like, you know, that's just not me. So it's like I won't ever be able to enjoy life, and that's a right that I feel like I have while I'm under oppression. You know, and if I don't get it in my lifetime, I'm damn sure gonna fight it to where my children get it because they deserve uh-huh. it. You know. And it's like, I refuse to just, you know, remain like this. Like, this is just too much, you know. This is, like, against my very nature, you know. Uh And it's like, I feel like this, you know. I I don't dislike, you know, Caucasians or I don't dislike, you know, other races, like, as a whole or whatever. Like, or I don't have to hate, you know, them or anything. But it's like, I also can make sure that I am set up and I am established to so that, you know, it's just like it's just like just as, as even individuals. You know, you have to make sure you take care of yourself before you go mm-hmm. and associate. You know, with others. You know, so that's like us. You know, as a nation. You know, all the other nations are set up. You know, they mm-hmm. all have a seat at the UN table. You know, everybody can make choices for themselves except us. We're the only ones. You know, missing. You know, at okay. the UN seat. 
you know, we're taking but, it like that. All if you think of, I'm gonna try to put this in the metaphor of a house. All the other nations have a strong foundation. Where is ours? What is the foundation? You got to have something to offer globally. Economics. That's really what it comes down to. Okay. You have to have something that you can offer, sell to the world. You know, to have a power base. You think. Uh, what does Japan have? They have technology, you know. Uh, but I don't want to get too far into that. Long story short, we got to have a base. We have to have we a, a, people we respect must. money. People people respect money. You got to have it. They do. Money you know, money. and unfortunately, and it's crazy because Africa has everything. That's where our descendants come from. That it has everything, every mineral in the world you can find somewhere over there. But yes. over here in America, it's like we have no access to it. Or we do, but we don't we, get it because so much of Africa was colonized at one time. Huh? We? When you say we, who do you mean by we? Black Americans here. For some reason, it's so hard to get. And partially because so much of Africa was colonized anyway. It was carved out like a pie to so many European nations. And they sucked a lot of that stuff dry and left the mess behind. But we have to start with a base here. Well, that's, speaking of Africa, you know, and that's, that's actually a really funny thing because Africa doesn't have to go outside of, Africa for nothing, you know, and it's so funny because um, everything is there. Yeah, and there's not one mineral you cannot find in Africa that you can't find across the world. There's probably stuff there that's that's the only place you can find it. That's true. Yeah, and it's like now Africa is like in need, you know, like why is Africa in need? You know, when Africa Africa has everything that it needs. Yeah, Africa is not in need. Africa is not in need. Africa Africa is taking care of the world, essentially. There's nowhere in Africa you can't grow food. That's the first thing a person needs. There's nowhere in Africa you can't find diamonds, gold, onyx, gems. Huh? You were going out for a second. Your phone was going out for a second. Oh, I'm sorry. But no, I'm just saying that there's nowhere in Africa that you can't find everything that you you need. It's other places in the world that come up short. Why are there people over there stuck? What are their natural resources, you know? What's your natural resource? Like, what is the export? From where? Europe, anywhere in Europe, like they really don't anywhere? have any. Well, well, if you go to, there are different things in different areas. I know, like Russia just ran into a big oil reserve under one of their lakes. You know what I mean? But um, do they export it? What's that? Uh, you know what? Do they export it? I think that's why they're oh. starting to make money. <laughs> I, I took a class last year, and I remember my teacher talking about it briefly. Like they ran really? into some oil over there, yeah. You know, what I remember learning mean? things like play, uh, like Japan. <laughs> Japan, <laughs> Japan doesn't have any real natural resources, but you know what they did? They did to become a power. They learned 
they first they invested in their people, they educated them, and then whatever the world does, they take it, make it better, and ship it back out as a product. That's how Japan did it. Weird, right? They invested in their people. Well, yeah, I mean, they took what the U.S. did to them. And um, that's what we can do, like, take that negative energy and, and change it into something positive, you know. That, But that's usually what the other uh, nations do. You know, they take the atrocities that have been committed against them, and then they come mm-hmm. back stronger, you know. Well, they just take but, the resource that they have and make do with it. That's the only resource place like Japan had, their people. So that's the same thing that we have. We may not have land, but we have our people, and our people are very smart. And you know what's one thing um, that there was um, a comment on this website. I forget what the the name of the article was. I actually have it posted on the um, Black Nation Club, um, the Facebook page. But someone had made a comment. It was like white people talking, and they made a comment that, you know, if we left and went back to Africa, you know, what about all the patents that we hold, you know, which is actually true. Like, we don't actually even take advantage of the power that we have here. You know, I don't even think we even think about the power that we have, let alone to think about taking advantage of the power that we have here, you know. um, You know what? Do we even know we have that power? Do we even know that we have that power? Like I said, up until a year ago, and I'd like to believe I was well, somewhat well-read, I, didn't, I had never heard of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was finally brought to my attention. What power do we have? I'm not even – you're explaining stuff to me now. You dig well, what I'm saying? Well, I mean, like you just got to – yes, sir. <laughs> like you were stating, you know, money talks. Like money is power. Um, yes. Like, immediately, like, we all know that black people have a very high uh, buying power. We can, mm-hmm. um, we can, actually, you know what? what's funny? We can literally, like, destroy this economy, you know, if we wanted to. Oh, yeah. If we all oh, came yeah. together one day and said, we are not participating in this system and we gave out our demands, you know, mm-hmm. They would have to listen. Do you know what we do with that? You know? They would have to listen. We are, we're like 40 million of the American population. Uh, Do you know what they could do? Huh? I said, so they say, but I like to think more so of the amount of dollars that we spend and the amount of dollars that they count on us spending. They actually plan for our spending, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, first first things first, we got to get the family back together, the family unit. That's the first thing. Because once we get the family unit, I mean father, mother, children in one household, three or four families, then you're, you're starting a community with family in the house. So right then and there, you're teaching leadership to your children. So it's going to go into the next generation, and it's only going to get bigger. You have communities. Then the communities start to become more responsible for the actions of their 
of the mm-hmm. children. I was just thinking about um, Dr. Umar Johnson, how he wants to start a school. You've heard of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think that that right there is a great part of the plan. I've heard him speak. I've seen some of his stuff on YouTube. That's a great part. We do need – if fathers were in the house, we technically wouldn't need it like that because I understand what he's trying to do, raise up uh, a generation of leaders by educating them to things that aren't typically taught in schools. But if we got to start with the family unit first and then the community. I agree. I mean, I agree. Um, everything is has a um, has like a set structure, you know, in order for it to work. And yeah. that's one of the reasons why they're trying to destroy the family um, structure is because that's the way for things to work properly. And in order for them to have control over everyone, you know, you have to break down who are the influ- um, who are the influential people. Especially like in children's right. lives, you know, they're always they always want to start young, you know, because the younger you get someone, you know, the better you can control them. So when right, you think right. about you know, the responsible um, parent, you know, is, um, influences in the child's life, you know, then you can break down uh, the structure of anything, and you know what they're looking to break down. Right. So, um, it, it's everyone, but of course, it's like like the black family structure, you know, um, which they're actually doing a good job of, you know. <laughs> right. When you and break I'll... down the base, the family structure is the base. School communities are there to reinforce a common common principles, I guess you will say. Then schools are there to re- just reinforce what parents are teaching at home, discipline, structure, that's what it's for, but it has to start in the, I'm a firm believer that it has to start in the home first. Yeah, it does have to start in the home first. I mean, that's that's where um, you learn, well, that's where you should be learning everything. That's the, fir- the mother is the first teacher. That's for sure. <laughs> and that's why we have to be on point, you know, because that's a really big responsibility for us. Um, we have to and then we have to give our children like a head start in life, you know, because if we mm-hmm. if we do remain integrated in this society, you know, we mm-hmm. definitely need a head start. But just even just as a parent, you know, you always want the best for your child, you know, and stuff like that. So that's really that's really important. And it's like you know, we need the men there so that you guys can protect us, so that we can have that safe environment, that safe, prosperous environment for us to teach the children properly and, you know, nurture and nourish, you know, um, right. the children and the family and you guys too, you know, because, you know, that's a battle, especially if you're our protectors, you know, that's a really big battle that you guys have to fight. And I would prefer you guys fight that than us, you know. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, let me ask you, you read the Willie Lynch letter, correct? Yes. Okay. Some people say that it was made up. I've read it several see. times, and I can see the like. What's that? I said I don't think so because look at the effect. It doesn't have the what effect? I didn't catch that. You're a little so muffled. I, sorry. I said I don't believe that it was um, made up because look at the effect. Okay, 
whether it was made up or not, I'm looking at the outcomes of the punishments and the treatments from the letter to today. And, yes, you're right. You can see the effects of certain things, but you have to ask yourself when, like Tulsa, Oklahoma, apparently it didn't take effect there or else they wouldn't have been. The letter says that if you do these things, you'll have slaves for like a 1,000 years. But you had a group of people who started a major metropolitan area, you know. So maybe just for some it took effect, others it didn't. Anyway, you know, you have a cycle of I think the weak mind can always um, like we're, like so we're, we're all we all get influenced, and that it's actually a good thing to be able to influence someone because sometimes someone can be going the wrong way, and you can influence them to go the correct way. But I believe that a weak mind will take you know more influence than a strong mind will. Now, you know, like you have to have what, a discerning mind as well. <laughs> but then, yeah, what creates a strong mind and what creates a weak mind? Is it genetic? Is it environmental? What is it? What creates that? Can a strong mind or a weak mind become strong, and can a strong one become weak? Mm, good question. Good you know, question. we're only we're only humans. I believe more so in the tabula rasa theory that we come here as blank slates, <laughs> and we're basically mm-hmm. taught everything. You know what I mean? Like you see a lot of posts on Facebook. Hate is taught. And if you watch little babies, they will play with each other, you know, until someone teaches them the differences that I believe carry an emotional charge that makes them see someone else is different. You know what I mean? Um, I can agree. I definitely agree. And I feel like you can you can um, teach a child to be aware of themselves without teaching hate or even without teaching them um, anything different from another child, like um, I'll take I'll take my child, like for example, um, uh-huh. there was this psychology student, you know, who asked my child, like, oh, um, are you like what? What's your skin color? Something like that. Are you black? Or are you white? And she wanted to know if he knew about race, and he didn't even know what she was talking about. He started answering like what his his shirt color was. You know, and it's like, and I teach my son, though, to be very aware of himself, and he's, like, really smart, and he's uh-huh. very aware of himself, and he's very aware of his surroundings, but he's not aware of anything that stops him from interacting with other children or even just seeing a difference between them at this point in time. Because really, you know, when How children are small, like, there's no need, he's five, there's no need for all of that. You know, there's no okay. need for all that. Children, they just want to play. They, they learn through play. Let me, ask, let me ask, how old is your son? The youngest is five. He's five? Mm-hmm. Some, something I'm almost inclined to believe, that my great uncle told me this, the greatest warriors in the world are babies because they are fearless. Someone else told me that most of us are born geniuses. But once we fall into a structure of how we think and we have to let go of what we come into the world knowing, that sort of dumbs us down because you've heard that saying most billion millionaires didn't go to college. I've heard that over and over again. I'm almost ready to believe it. Like, really? Because they took 
what was already in them, their creativity and their little bit of know-how and made things that, to me, even now, I've learned more on my own than I ever did in school because I became unafraid to think about certain things and go certain ways. School is a structure. You know, it's designed to help you learn how to behave and think a certain way. Right. It's to indoctrinate you to think a certain way. But what if, and this doesn't go just for black children, but for all children, what if they're actually destroying them? Because that's, what if we just help them indulge in what they already have a, uh, an interest in together and we taught him how to a little bit of mechanics and math and let him sort of go? What would he create? Or I she? You know, someone takes a, a strange interest in the different kind of plants and colors. Half the medicines in the world come from plants. Mm-hmm. Who knows what they would be able to observe because no one inhibited them to think a certain way. They just thought. It doesn't mean that it's true, but it doesn't mean that it's a lie. It just means that it's a different perspective on it. You well, know? you know, Is we're that... always more inclined to go further in something that we enjoy. You know, um, yes. whatever excites us, that's what we go further, and that's what we spend most of our time thinking about and researching and trying to um, expand and, you know, just yes. anything associated with, you know, progressing, you know, whatever we're interested in. So I agree with yes. you, you know, if we allowed especially children to choose what they um, want to do based off of their interests, you know, I think we would have a a more um, productive um, society and um, a more productive culture. Uh-huh. I think we would be... Um, how do I put it? I don't want to say, like, more technologically advanced because I actually think that technology, like, hinders us. You just say we'd be more advanced, just, just advanced. Yeah, we would be we would be more advanced. And, and like I said, and I don't even want to include technology in it because, right, like, like I, said, I think that that hinders us. We wouldn't think in a straight line. We would think mm-hmm. in squiggly lines and circles and squares and try shapes that we probably don't even have names for, but someone would make up to to get to a common goal, the betterment of humanity, yeah, well, really. You know, we all see things at different angles. And, and there's nothing wrong that with that. a different perspective. Yeah, because it, it helps us see, you know, different perspectives. You know, it'll, I'll sometimes, you know, say when I'm collaborating with someone, I'm like, oh, you know, I didn't even see it from that way. And that actually inspires me, or that, or it'll help me to, you know, um, come up with something different that'll be uh-huh. beneficial, you know, for the project or something. And the only downfall of when you start to do that is people lack the communication skills to convey their ideas properly. When you can help me under, you ever been in a class and have to ask a teacher to explain something to you two or three or four times? I have because you just didn't get it until they kept doing it and then they found a way to get it to you. There yeah, was no real structure. You know, repetition is the key. That's the way that we learn. 
Repetition, I believe, will help you master it. I, I do believe that. But there was something I was just thinking about. Oh yeah. Later, as I got older, my favorite history, my favorite class is history. Not that it's okay. about the dates. It's not about the dates or the facts. It's what were people like back then to think like that? What made them come to this conclusion about that? You know what I mean? It's more like when you start to study it, you understand their psychology. Like, huh, that actually makes sense. For instance, uh, you, you ever seen the movie 300? Yeah. Okay. There was something actually called the Agogi. That's when they took the little boys when they were about seven and trained them to be soldiers. You remember that part? Mm-hmm. Okay. It started at seven. It ended at the time they were 19. They were trained. And actually, on their 18th birthday, they were sent out to live on their own and just their loincloth for about a year. Now, this is kind of nasty, but I'm going to tell you anyway. As they were <laughs> maturing, <laughs> as they were maturing, they were encouraged to take a male lover. All right? Why? Sex creates a, a certain level of intimacy, and they believe that if you cared about someone on the battlefield in such a strong, passionate way, you would actually fight harder. I'm like, okay, that's gross, but that actually makes sense. It's true. You can understand the the reasoning behind it, or you can understand the steps in which they took to get there. Uh-huh. You know, you may not necessarily agree with it, but you can see how they got to that <laughs> conclusion. Exactly. It's I like, wow. That's that's what I'm getting at, you know. It's like, wow, they actually came up with a way that, I mean, I get it. You feel deeply for right. this person. You're going to be, you're protecting someone <laughs> you love. I know there are other ways you can go about that, but. <laughs> Again, I think it's kind of, that's nasty. But, hey, it worked for them. And to this day. There, you will never see an army like the Spartan army because not just because of that. That was a, like a a really big thing, but because of the way they were trained from such a young age, and they weren't just trained as soldiers. They were trained in arts, cultures, uh, building, reading, literature. They were trained in a lot of things. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so were the Greeks, you know, and they had, you know, homoerotic, you know, um, pottery and yeah. artwork and sculpture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know, I know. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you take... Too funny, though, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, there are all those other ways, you know, there, there are usually multiple paths. You know, to sensation, uh, and it all just depends on the, all the paths may not be lit. You know, sometimes you may have to seek out the proper path, and sometimes you know people just take the path that you know is right in front of their face, or the most you know yeah. obvious one. But or you know, but <laughs> sometimes yeah. you might have to you might have to search, you know, for for the proper path. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was a time when. 
there was a time when people believed that epilepsy and seizures were considered d- demon possessed. Yeah, I do. I listen. I'm Christian, so I do believe some of that stuff could be for real. But there is medication to stop the seizures from epilepsy. happening. You know what I mean? You don't think medication can stop a demon, huh? <laughs> well, no. It, what if it's not a demon? Either. What if it is something <laughs> biological? What if it's uh, you something know, you actually, be... medi- medication is actually considered sorcery in the Bible. If you look that up, if you look at sorcery, you look up the actual um, original word in Greek. It's um, pharmacies. Uh huh. And um, although yeah. I remember that, but I watched this movie. And this is really weird, okay? This is a supposedly this is a real thing, and I believe when I watched it, it uh, I like found out a little bit more. Basically, it was these. It's called Do No Harm. It's about these people who have seizures. This little boy who has seizures, Meryl Streep's in it. If you want to find watch it, her son was having tons of seizures every day, and she came across someone who said there's this particular type of diet that you have to to go through that will stop the seizures. And at the end of the movie, it says this is based off a true story, and it said they they pulled up all these people in the movie that said that uh, seizure-free for a year, two years, five years, 10 years, 20, 30 years, okay? What you have to do is you have to stop eating for like three days, and then it's a special diet that you do eat, really high in fat. Now, you remember in the Bible when Jesus said demon takes a special type of fasting and prayer. I'm inclined to believe that there was something there with that. I haven't really put it together yet, but fasting is a part of this process. I actually have a cousin who changed up her diet, her eating habits. She said she stopped having seizures. I'm like, wow, that's pretty interesting. Well, I believe um, that most of our ailments, and most of our diseases are because of what we eat or what because we ingest or because of what we put in or on our body. So uh-huh. I feel like, um, you know, if I'm applying fire to my hand to relieve the pain from the fire, you know, all I have to do is, like, you know, remove the fire, mm-hmm. you know, with right. the, the cause in the first place. So, um, right. A lot of times our diet, it even starts off wrong, you know, as children because maybe our parents, exactly. and maybe their diet is incorrect. And then so we, we automatically, you know, just grow up eating um, unhealthy anyway. And then even the products that we'll use, you know, that's always a factor too. And then we don't even consider, like, the air and stuff like that too. Yeah. Um, like the environment and stuff like that. And even, like, including, like, in your home. A lot of time they'll be like, um, like bacteria or like, uh-huh. you know, stuff like that, airborne things or something like that that we may not see, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, see, I live in the city. Like I, said, I bet you, I live in the city. I bet you, if there were more trees out there, that the air would be cleaner. <laughs> Just another fact. We know what? that. I I live in the city. So, but mm-hmm. I bet you if there were more trees out here, the air would be cleaner. Mm-hmm. Oh, you that's know what I mean? You're right. You're right yeah. about just the air pollution, the foods we put in our bodies, things like that of that nature, you know? Mm-hmm. So 
again, I, you know, I actually just heard about the Daniel fast. You, you're familiar with that? Um, I'm, I think I've heard of it, but I'm not familiar with it. See, I'm not real familiar, but I do remember reading the story in the Bible that when Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were carried off to Babylon, they were offered food. They were offered food from the king's table. Part of the reason that they couldn't eat it, I think there was some pig in there, but part of the reason it was sacrificed to Babylonian gods. But long story short, if you read it, read the story, it's like, look, he makes a deal with the, the guy in charge of him, look, give us just these certain things. Basically, from what I understand, it was really vegetables. Give us these things. And in 10 days, if we look worse or if we look bad, then we'll go ahead and eat from the king's plate. But if we don't, you will continue to allow us. Okay. So they said, look, the guy in charge was like, you look better than everyone else here. Yes. So you're right. Diet is something that is very important. Most people, <laughs> we eat pink slime from McDonald's. <laughs> yes, that's, that's what we're brought true. up to eat. Um, let me let me bring in a caller because we have like three minutes left. I see we have another call that I want okay. to try to get in before. Stay on the line. I'm going to keep you on. Okay. Okay, caller. Um, we're going to go to the phone line. Area code four six nine. Last four zero nine three zero. When I bring you in, please say your name and where you're calling from. Call us whenever you're ready. You're on the air. Okay. Maybe they're being quiet right now. <laughs> it's still right, me. So. <laughs> yes. Well, no. <laughs> I think they got shy. But, yeah, well, don't worry. This is the first time I've ever okay. been on a talk show. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm enjoying the conversation. But you're right. Diet, we're, we're started off wrong. But I think part of that, the family unit's gone. <laughs> Listen, to me, when I would talk to my grandmother, you know, my great-grandfather worked. My great-grandmother stayed at home. She took care of the home. She brought it. She took what my grandfather made and had money hidden that my grandfather didn't even realize, and yet things were still taken care of in the home. She cooked almost every day. You understand what I mean? So to me. Oh, yeah, you know, I totally agree. I had this conversation earlier about, you know, um, cooking from scratch. You know, like that's really, really important um, because yeah, a lot I of mean, the things that are bad for us are in the preservatives and stuff like that. Exactly. Hold on, let, me, see, let me put you on hold just for one moment. Um, okay, just in okay. case the show continues because there's like two minutes left in the show. Please call here. in if you want to continue listening. <laughs> if okay, you're listening online. And the number is 657-383-1976. That's 657-383-1976. Go ahead. Is that me? Yes, sir. Go Hello? ahead. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. Uh, again, the important of, and it doesn't have to be a woman in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant, what I'm saying. What it is is, where, when was that skill lost? My mom can cook you for most what? things. 
What was that skill of cooking you lost? Okay. Oh, that was lost in a generation. In one generation, we lost that skill. Partially, and I'll say, Mm -hmm. when the family declined, women had to go to work in order to take care of their families. I get that. I respect Mm -hmm. that. My mom had to do it. But something was lost, too. She would often come home tired from working her job or two jobs, and she would feed us. Often she would buy food out. It's like, come on. It's been hard to break away. Well, you know what it it is? Because it gets taught from generation to generation. Like my granny, you know, taught me, even my mother um, taught me how to cook. And I learned, I started learning how to cook at an early age. I was eight years old. And I can cook really, really, really well. So it's like if the mothers are busy working, then they're not able to pass that on to their daughters and stuff like that. Right. Right. You know, then it gets lost. Right, it's a lost skill. I go to my grandmother now to make tuna fish salad. <laughs> my mom can't make it the way my grandmother does. I think I bring a bucket to my grandmother, but look, Cam, I need this. She's like, okay. I have it before the end of the week. You know, mom, let me get some chicken. <laughs> you know, grandma knew how to cook really well. Mom, she just never really had a lot of time to. And I know my grandmother probably taught her a lot. Mm-hmm. But, again, young ladies generally in our generation, yeah, they can make you a ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're just not versed. And even if you want strong wind, you got to feed them, right? Most guys don't know how to cook for themselves. Only in the past few years have I learned, like, how to really – actually make certain things. Listen, chili spaghetti were my specialties because you can eat them for days. That's (laughs) But that's not always a good thing to eat that all the time. That's a lot of red meat and carbs. What about some healthier stuff? I've really been learning to experiment with chicken. And a little variety as well, you know. I said, and then you just want some variety as well. Right, variety is good. You know, how to do stuff with vegetables. I tell you, I'm really starting to pick up on beans, though. Beans are really good. Beans, there are so many different kinds of beans. You know, it's like, uh. And for the most part, all you got to do is put them in the pot and let them warm up. <laughs> I know that's the easy, simple way. But that's something, you know. For the longest time, all I would do was order out. And then I just yeah, and that's really, really bad. It is. It is. You know? But what, what, not to mention, eating healthier is more expensive than eating junky food. But you can, there's a way if you know what to do. There actually is a way, and it's it's really not more expensive. Is what they tell you what is healthy is actually more expensive. But um, really? like I said, I've been cooking since I was eight. And I have, like, I've cooked for people, and they've, like, lost weight and, like, got in shape off of my my cooking. And I cook regular food. Like, I'll cook fish, I'll cook, like, macaroni and cheese. Yeah, I'll cook all the foods that we eat, but it's, like, it's the way that you prepare it, and it's, like, it's how you fix it. And I don't mean, you know, like, you you have to do, like, normal cooking. To you, it's normal cooking. To us, most people, 
this is a treat. We're having a variety, and it tastes good. What in the world's going on here? You know? So, I don't really, well, the, I didn't really think it should be that <laughs> different. But, we got I so far away women, from, we got so far away from the initial conversation, which was integration. <laughs> oh, that is so true. But these are really important things that we need to talk about, though, and that's really what's actually, you know, the the goal of the show anyway is, is that okay. we discuss, you know, what um, is going well, again, on you believe... know, in our community. And stuff. Because this is part of the problem, though, of integration is that it did bring down our family structure. You know, I think it all ties in because mm-hmm. um, we stopped looking to our elders, like as you brought up earlier, you know, for the advice and the wisdom and stuff like that. Yep. You know, we feel like, you know what we turn to now with integration? We turn huh. to um, Hollywood. We turn to, like, TV shows. We turn to Dr. Phil. We turn to uh, Oprah. You know? Yeah. That's, like, what that we turn so to for crazy. and stuff like that. We well, turn to, to Instagram. You know, we turn to people giving, like, out little quotes on Instagram, whether they be regular people or celebrities, you know. We'll take we'll take advice from a celebrity's Instagram or we'll take advice from a celebrity's Twitter, you know, it's like instead um, of going to the elders, you know, for the wisdom, the ones who actually have the experience and stuff like that, and the ones who we actually trust. It's, it, it, isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? We, go, we will turn on the TV and listen to a perfect stranger we have no clue about rather than your best friend's mom that we've known growing up our entire lives. Heck, our own parents or grandparents or great uncles or uncles or great aunts or great, you know, we have these people who are here. And the more we do it, the less trust is built. That's built. That's true. And that's one of their goals is to um, degrade the trust that we have to nothing um, to to the ones who will give us, like, the proper knowledge, you know, because it's like they want to control us, and if they want to control us, then, you know, we we can't be getting knowledge, you know, so it's like, you know, they have to cut off the source, and the way Mm -hmm. to cut off the source is to stop us from even speaking out the source, like, or even considering the source valuable or credible. You put that really eloquently. I couldn't have put it better. But you're right. The only way to do it is they got to cut off the source. Sort of like, and I hate to say it this way, a repeat of slavery. <laughs> yeah. It is. We, we are still enslaved. We are definitely still enslaved. Um, no question the about is, it. We don't see it that way. We don't. Not enough of us. At least during slavery before 1865, we physically saw it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. It was now, obvious. Right. It was really obvious now. And I've said this for years. It hasn't changed. It ha- it's still the same thing. It just got smarter. Sort of went underground, subconscious, if you want to. Um, it's just more uh, inconspicuous. Covert. You know? 
Yeah, it's more covert. It's not as obvious. That's all. But it's still around. It is. It is. Oh, it's definitely around. And that's also by design because, you know, the smarter we get, the smarter they their tactics have to get. So maybe. Well, I'll say yes and no. Because when we get to... How does it go? The smarter you get, the less common sense you have or something like that. Are we going to get too smart for our britches and then it'd be something so basic that gets us caught up? You know what I mean? Something so basic. We could be uber educated, but when it comes down to it, most of us won't have any physical shape to take people on and we'll be overpowered like that. There's got to be a balance. It does. Yeah, it does have to be. You know, we but now is the time for us to start, you know, setting everything up so that um so that we I mean, like I said, we really don't have like a lot of time left to um get ourselves together because there is definitely a plan against us, you know, and we have to um Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. This whole Dylan Roof thing, the the shooting down in North Carolina, what what do you think about that? Say that one more time. The whole uh, South Carolina thing, Dylan Roof, the Charleston shooting. Oh, okay. What do you think about that? What do you think about Um, that? As far as, like, what part? Like, in what way? Just your general idea. let Let me tell you what I think. Uh, I think it was a hit. I don't think it was necessarily racially okay, motivated yeah, at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think. Um, well, not yeah, totally. I, I think it was um, a hit. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I think it was both. That's what I was going to say. I think it was definitely racially motivated because I think I think they used someone um, who uh, used, you know, racial. Um, um, you ever seen the maturing candidate? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's what I believe that it was. You know, it's like he's like really like the fall guy or whatever, but there was somebody who orchestrated that. I believe, have you ever heard of backmasking? On the music? So you're familiar. Subliminal messaging. I believe, and there's something else called, I used to know the name of this. Basically, certain gestures will actually train a person to do certain things. Um, um, I used to, it's, um, it's kind of a long word. Uh, um, uh, you're not talking about the uh, MK Ultra line programming or something like that? Something, uh, I wish I could remember, just so I could be clear. Long story short, I believe that it was a hit on that pastor slash senator because he was pushing for police to have security cameras on their bodies when they were, when they, okay do their their job. But the the other benefit for the racist was killing of other black folks. But it was masked as a racial issue when it really that wasn't initially it. Like if you've ever seen that movie Jack Reacher you no, ever seen I that? No? no. Basically a guy goes on a shooting spree, kills five people and they want to charge him for it. They call this special cop, his name is Jack Reacher, and to really, like, really make sure that he did it because this guy was a criminal before. But then the more he digs, he asks someone 
find out about these people, he finds that it was the second shot that really mattered. They wanted to make it look like a random shooting of multiple people. But in actuality, they were aiming after the second person because some corporation wanted to buy her out and, you know, she wouldn't sell, so they had to kill her so they could do it. But it was made to look like one thing. You understand where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. And that's what, don't just get upset about it. I mean, that's one thing, but what was really going on? You know, follow the money. Always follow the money. Yeah, that is definitely <laughs> true because that's usually the the motive or the... Um, that's always that really the motive. Do ahead. you believe wars were ever fought over religions? No. no. There was a financial reason for it. It's a financial reason for it. Somewhere, somehow, there's something financial to be gained. Okay? That's just used as the sort of way to set it off. You know what I mean? Like, we're doing this Mm -hmm. in the name of God. Really? Okay. Right. And they've been using that tactic for the longest. Um. mm What is it called? Uh, Apologists. They're called. No, I was just going to say. (laughs) No, I was just going to say where um, they use, um, like you know, where they that pretty much like divert your attention, kind of. But it's not really what I'm trying to say. But where you know they they make it seem like it's one thing, but it's it's something else. Like like how mm-hmm. you said, they'll say like, oh, we're doing this in the name of God, you know, but it's really just, uh-huh. you know, gain power and riches, like you said. Mhm. Follow the money, and I guarantee that'll probably lead you to the answer most likely. There's only one thing in the world that isn't in limited resource, and that's land. Mhm. That's true. Mhm. Land. And you know, you have I mean, people out there who want full control. You know. Um, they they won't ever be happy until they control everything. And then you have to think about that. Like that there are actually people out there like that, you know, who will not be satisfied until they control everything, until they have absolute mm-hmm. power. And they are working towards that, you know, and they have the ability to work towards that goal. And you know how they're doing it? They're doing it with well, of course they're using money, but they're doing it with well, in a sense, ignorance but with the poor people's help. Mm-hmm. I think this the one, one of the ways that this ties into is, uh, what is it? Um, oh, here's one thing that I think ties into it. What do you think about raising minimum wage? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Raising minimum wage. Raising, okay. Do you, um, I do you actually think it's don't think it's a I don't think it's going to help. I, I don't guess I don't want to say if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I don't think it's going to help. And the reason why I don't think it's going to help is because you can raise minimum wage. All they're going to do is raise the cost of living. <laughs> so <laughs> it really do doesn't you know, help. Do you know every time you raise minimum wage, you create more pe- more poor people? I can yeah, I can definitely believe that because, like I said, you you raise the the um you raise the cost of living. So then more people me, fall out of that bracket. <laughs> exactly. Let me, I, I picked up a book a long time ago, 
basic economics for the regular Joe, it was called, something like that. I'll give you the scenario, and I think you'll better understand it. First off, minimum wage equals zero, okay? Zero meaning you can work this 40 hours a week and live right at the poverty level, just above the poverty line. So if the poverty line is like 7000 you'll be making like 7001 But here's how it works. Let's say you own a grocery store and your annual income is about $50,000 a year, okay? And you have 10 employees. A loaf of bread is a, a dollar. A gallon of milk is $2. A carton of egg is 50 cents, okay? And you're paying your employees 4 bucks, $4 an hour. Then you have... On the side, a college graduate. He just spent four years in college getting higher education. And just on average, their median coming out of college for every college graduate is 10 bucks an hour. Okay? So someone comes in and says, all right, minimum wage just went from $4 to $5 an hour. What happens? Well, as the owner, you're going to take a small pay cut. So you go from 50000 to about $45,000 a year. You let go of three of your employees. That gallon of milk, carton of eggs, and loaf of bread just went up 25 cents. But the college graduate didn't get a raise, so they're actually paying more for the same thing. They're paying higher okay. prices for the same thing. And, okay. and you just devalued their college education because at least with a degree, you were making $6 an hour more above the poverty line. But now you're making five and some change above the poverty line. Not to mention three people are unemployed now. So you just created more poor people. Yes, that's true. And and once again I think it's set up for that. I actually think that they're setting up the um economic collapse that is to come. Um, exactly. Because I think they, they want to they have an agenda to where they're they're gonna make, you know, some really drastic changes. Um, exactly. If we don't, black Americans, if we don't get it together and start, you might be right, it might be too late to actually build, but if we don't start learning skills and trades that we can trade and offer, we won't survive. We'll we all be in jail. Right. <laughs> that's true because that's really the goal. You know, they would like to, to uh, they would, you know, it's really funny because um, the everyday uh, racists, you know, on the street, they actually, you know, can't wait for the good old days, you know, to come back, you know, when black people were, mm-hmm. you know, slaves and stuff like that. But they don't really know that the government and these other nations have plans for them <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to be enslaved, yeah. you know, so... But, you know, Carla, there was, that's there was um, if you actually read the Constitution, when you're in jail, you can be used out of slavery. It, it's written some way like that. I can't remember word for word verbatim, but there's no slavery except under penalty of law, like imprisonment or something oh, like that. Oh, it's the 13th Amendment. That's okay. That's what you're talking about. It's, so, it's yeah, when you're in jail. Slavery isn't legal except for as punishment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, right. So, you become a slave of the state, in a sense. Yeah. Isn't that weird? That's, that's exactly what's happening. 
it's written right there in black mm-hmm. and white. How many yeah, people? We don't read. You, we don't pay attention to stuff. And see the the Constitution. If people if people just read it, they would be like, oh, okay. And have someone who has a little knowledge to explain it. You know, you have the freedoms of speech, et cetera, the First Amendment, the right to bear arms. You know, that was actually created to keep governments from in, in uh, from t- being assholes again. Sorry, yeah, sorry did I say that? I say you're that fine. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is... I, <laughs> This is actually the carryover show anyway, so they would have to listen to the recordings. To oh, okay. <laughs> they okay. Do. <laughs> but, but you, you see what Which I'm saying. We have about 10 more minutes of that anyway. <laughs> okay. But, no, it's definitely but, true, though. Um, yeah, uh-huh. the Second Amendment was given to us so that um, uh, that they couldn't uh, come and, well, I'll say oppress the, you know, the the, the people who came over here willingly. Um, uh-huh. yeah, it was definitely to keep the governments in check, you know, so that they could exactly. But see, like with more, with stricter gun laws, they're taking away. It's not the people who are following the laws that have a problem. It's the criminals, and they don't care. Why are you making gun laws more restrictive? Mm-hmm. Well, you already know that criminals don't. They're not going to go through the proper protocol that you have right. set anyway. You know that right. for a fact. As so what? So people, liberals, I'm sorry, they're like, oh, more gun laws, love. Wait a minute. First off, and I'm going to tell you, the best definition of love I've ever found was in the Bible, okay? First uh, Corinthians 13, verse 4 through 7. Whenever you get a chance, check it out. Okay. People have this twisted thinking and thought process of what love is. But I don't want to go too far into that just right now with you. But you go back to, <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about, listen, self-defense is a basic human right. <clears throat> it is. You know, if you, it is. you can't own a, if you can't own a gun, if you can't own a gun to protect yourself, I mean, then, you know, you're just as good as dead. <laughs> I was in the military, so I know yeah. how to use a bunch of different things. That's a plus. That's you know, it. We need, we need people like you, you know. To thank have... you. <laughs> but, I'm, you know, I wasn't into that. But, oh, I'm not going into the military so that they could yell at me. I ain't listening to a white man and this and that. I'm like, are you serious? So, basically, <laughs> you get these people who are learning from the older generation who have never been there, Okay. You're believing what they're saying, but you don't want to experience it for yourself. Okay, that's what you're being taught. Me, I can actually say, look, I've been in the military. I know how it goes. They don't just yell at you because. They yell at you for a reason. Normally, if you're doing something mm-hmm. stupid, because if you do something stupid, you can get people killed. They're just mad. You know what I mean? And, I mean, I've learned so much. I've experienced the world in a different way than most people ever would. I've been around the world twice. You know, can I can I survive in the woods if I need to? Sure. Do I know how to handle a rifle if necessary? Yes. 
you know, most weapons would probably not be too far away from me having a quick command over the device. Can I hit a target from 500 meters away? Of course. Now let me stop. (laughs) 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 You know? But no, you know what? There's nothing wrong with being proud of your skill because you worked for that. So seriously. Exactly. It's a skill I have to trade if Mm -hmm. I need to. And that's really good. You know, there are things that, you know, sometimes I wish I could just take some of the young brothers who would be willing to listen to more smart aleck punks and just show them stuff. But it's like, you know what, you, you don't even know how to talk to me, and you think I, you deserve respect. I tell you what, carry on about your business. Those who want to listen, Yeah, that's stay. all you can do. It's like if you're going to yeah, defend you know this what? bad you behavior. Go with the ones who, yeah, who will listen. And unfortunately, even if we do come together, unify, not all of us are going to be saved. Some people are just going to be sacrificed. I'm sorry. Oh, that's definitely true. That's true. That's true. And, yeah. and we, we have to automatically everyone. know that that is going to happen. And, and I mean, I don't know if we have to prepare for it because me, I feel like this is the ones who don't want to prepare and the ones who don't want to see what's going on in the world, you know, and those are going to be the ones that I kind of feel like, you know, you get your justice with that because, it's really hard not to see what's going on. Now, it's very, see, very hard not to see. You saying they're getting their just desserts, that's what we feel, but we shouldn't think like that. You understand what I mean? That's what we feel because we're human. We want, in a sense, revenge for those who hurt us. Or Oh, I still look at it as revenge. I look at it as if you don't prepare you know, like it's like it's like you know, like the little chipmunks or whatever, the squirrels or whatever. And they 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 prepare, they take their nuts and they store it away. You know, yes. for the winter. So it's like I feel like this: if you're not preparing, I mean, what what really can I say? It's not like a just dessert in a mean malicious way. It's like that's your just okay. dessert. Like as if you reap what you yeah. sow. You know, you didn't right. sow anything, then that's what you reap. You get exactly what right. you deserve. Right, like. Karma, you didn't prepare. Yeah, right. So if you plan, failure to plan is planning to fail. That's what Mongol used to say. That's definitely true. You know, so you know, it, it's there's a whole lot to it. But I think I well, we've covered quite yeah. a bit tonight. I know you're almost done. We have, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. It's yeah. time to wrap the show up. <laughs> But I definitely thank you so much for um, calling in. Um, You actually had some really, really good points um, to give, and um, I'm sure, you know, that other people um, think just like you do, you know, and agree with the um, the points that you had. And, um, of course, you know, I'm going to keep doing the show, and I hope to have you um, on again, and hopefully, you know, we can start to come together and start getting some action taking place. You know, I feel like, you know, once we get enough good people and like-minded people rounded up, you know, that we can start mm-hmm. taking some major serious action. Let me ask you a question real quick, because I was just thinking about this today. You've heard of the Ice Bucket Challenge, right? Yeah. And that's really stupid uh, uh, American flag like your butt challenge. You've seen that <laughs> yeah. one? Yes. I was actually thinking of trying to 
do a donation challenge of a dollar to Dr. Umar's school. What do you think about that? I think that's a really good idea, but I just don't think that it would take off. And the only reason that I don't is, like, it is so hard for some reason to get black people to, to donate I mean, it to would something else. It would just be asking for one dollar. Most people have that in their pocket and don't really care. It would be one dollar. And if it took off anything like the ice bucket thing, then. But see, the ice bucket uh, challenge, that that was with, like, mainly, like, you know, Caucasians and stuff like that and other races. And it's like yeah. they're all, their, their mindset is already ready to, you know, be a part well, of that and support that. Maybe I'll hold off because I'm thinking of a way that I could appeal to everyone to give to this. Yeah, I mean, that would be great if you could um, find a way to get people, black people together, especially to start giving stuff towards things that matter. You know, because we're well, I don't mean to just black. I don't. I mean, some Indian, white, Well, Chinese, anybody. But, I mean, it's hard. But just as to far get as to the goal. As far as those, the people who you're going to, of course, um, be geared, gearing your efforts towards, is going to be, you know, some black people. And, you know, like I said, dealing with black people. Um, it's, we're just kind of, like, leery about where we give our money. And like I said, it's not it's not as to where um, that's a not necessarily a bad thing. But it's just, mm-hmm. I think you just have to be creative about going about it because it's just that, you know, people are just taking so much advantage of us, you know. So yeah. Much, so. I'll put some more about it. Too. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, be creative, and yeah, I mean that'd be great. Okay, so <laughs> wrapping this right, show well, up, though, I'd pleasure. like to thank everyone for who called in and everyone who listened, and thank you once again, Michael, for calling in. I really appreciate it. I'd like to nah, wish everyone you. a great night, and we will do this again next time. We're over and out in five, four, three, two.